This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Tuesday the 12th of October 2021. And Norman, you said something yesterday. Did I? In yesterday's Coronacast. You said a lot of things, but you said one particular phrase that I've seen in a lot of journal articles and academic discourse, but it's not something that I think we've we've seen people saying a lot in the public sphere. And it's this idea that everyone pretty much is going to encounter or catch the coronavirus eventually. And a lot of our audience kind of was like, wait, what? And we've had a lot of questions about it. So I think we should talk about it because Rob is summing up what a lot of people are asking in saying, should the people who have double vax just go out and catch COVID and get it over and done with? Well, the answer is no, because you just don't want to get sick unnecessarily. And um, you know, some people, when they're vaccinated, have a week or so when they're just feeling a bit unwell. Why would you go through that for, for, for nothing when you can eventually next year get a booster shot or not the booster shot? You should really start calling it the third dose of the vaccine and be OK. So you just don't need to get the vaccine. You don't need to get the virus. You don't want to get sick unnecessarily. If you get the virus, that means there's more virus circulating and you've got to pass it to unvaccinated people. So the answer is no, you don't want to go out and search out the virus, even if you could find out where it was. And you still have to quarantine as well. So it's inconvenient as much as anything else. Correct. Um, so there's all sorts of things. I mean, that's why I'm not going back to the gym. I don't want to catch it and have to stay inside. I can't afford to do that. I've got to be out and about doing this sort of thing, you know, talking about coronavirus. Well, then Norman Gordon has written in saying basically sort of the other side of this question is if everyone's going to get COVID eventually, what happens to the people who don't get vaccinated either because they can't or because they won't? So the next two or three months, it's the unvaccinated people who are at the most risk. So that's a combination of people who are anti-vaxxers, which is a very small proportion of the population. But more importantly, perhaps, not that you can value a life differently, it's people living in disadvantaged suburbs who are under-immunised, in Aboriginal communities, both in the city and in regional areas, who are under-immunised. And, um, and, and they are particularly vulnerable as we open up. And that's one of the risks in opening up. So it's the unvaccinated who are first off the rank, unfortunately, as we go through this. And then next year, we remember, we're freshly vaccinated largely as a community, although there are people in residential aged care who've, and healthcare workers who have been immunised for a while. Uh, most of us are freshly vaccinated and we've got good resistance to infection. But next year, that will start to wane. But we will get a third dose and we it's not quite certain yet what that third dose will do to our resistance to infection. We've got very good coverage against um, hospitalisation, even without the third dose. What that'll do to infection, we don't know. So it may, uh, we may well be wrong that everybody will not get infected because a third dose may prevent that. Well, on doses, we know that as of yesterday, 80.5% of the Australian population above the age of 12 has had one dose of the coronavirus, of our coronavirus vaccine, which is an incredible result. Can we just guarantee that every one of those people is going to go and get their second dose? Like, what do we know about the attrition rate, if any, between first doses and then being fully double vaxxed? It's a hard thing to calculate at the moment because... If you're listening to us in Western Australia where there's no outbreak, the official recommendation for Astra is you wait 12 weeks for your second dose. Same in South Australia and Tasmania and in Queensland. So there's a long lag before you get the second dose. So it's very hard to know exactly. And then there's been variation in Pfizer, for example. So in some state, at some states, at some points, they've had a first dose uh, strategy, which means you wait six or eight weeks for your second dose of Pfizer. Victoria, that's now moved back to three weeks. So it's a very difficult thing to calculate. The guesstimate 
is that the drop-off rate, people forget, it's inconvenient, they just, you know, it's not deliberate. Two to five percent is the figure I've heard bandied about of the drop-off between the first dose and the second dose. That's pretty complete coverage then, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. I mean, I think people go to that effort. They don't want to waste the first dose. For sure. And a question from a primary school teacher in Melbourne who's, we again, we said yesterday that everyone's going to get coronavirus at some stage, including young children. This person's going to be a vaccinated adult, but working closely with 20 or so unvaccinated children in a classroom all day. And they just want to know what they can do beyond being vaccinated, masks and ventilation to minimise the risk to themselves and also to their students. Well, the risk is low. So if you are vaccinated and you're wearing a mask, and the kids are wearing a mask. And I realise that it's not always mandatory that the kids wear a mask. In New South Wales, it's, it's an option. But even if most of the kids are wearing a mask, and you've got a CO2 monitor, and you've got good ventilation, then the risk of you catching it is pretty low. And also, there's a lower than average risk that the child passes it to an adult. It's mostly adults passing it to children. That doesn't apply to toddlers and babies where you cuddle them and you're more likely to get infected from the, the younger the child is. But, you know, in a, in a school environment, you're not cuddling kids. You're at a reasonable distance. I think you can assume you're pretty in, pretty safe, in a pretty safe place, particularly in Victoria, where there's going to be a high prevalence of HEPA filters scrubbing the air. Right. So you mentioned like a list of things there as if they were a done deal. But those those measures that you were saying should be in classrooms... That would be in a perfect world, but that's not necessarily going to be the case everywhere in Australia. No, it's not. Victoria sounds like being the uh, the example for everybody else to follow. It's not entirely clear what New South Wales has done with its ventilation audit and whether it's intervened. Well, let's talk about New South Wales because, of course, uh, the reopening began yesterday and when we pressed Casey Briggs, data analyst slash spy, for a prediction last week on Friday's episode, he wouldn't give us one, Norman, but we know that you will give us predictions. What's going to happen in the next few weeks in terms of case numbers now that we've started to see that reopening? I think case numbers will go up. A lot? Well, we're just opening up a little bit too much probably at uh, 70%, particularly allowing 10 people to come to people's home. Home is where it's spread and allowing 10 people in increases the chances that even a vaccinated person will bring infection in. If you get young kids, it will spread to the young kids or other vaccinated people in the home and then they go and spread it elsewhere. And of course, people have got to adhere to that rule and you know, bet your bottom dollar there's going to be people who are unvaccinated turning up in people's homes. So I think you're going to see a, an increase in cases, and I think the increase could be quite could be quite scary. The real question is, as we're moving towards 80% very quickly, the extent, well, 80% of the eligible population, the extent to which hospitalizations stay low and we disconnect. So the news from Denmark was good so far, around about four or 500 cases a day, but they opened up at a higher level of immunization, more like 85% of the eligible population, which is you know, 80% of the total population, 75, 80%. So they opened up when they had more vaccinated people, but we are vaccinating at a high rate. So it, it, it's a race here. My prediction, bottom line, you asked for it, I'm bumbling around, <laughs> is that we'll see, let's, let's, let's have a go at it. Maybe we'll go to 700 cases in 10 days or so from now, but I'm predicting that the hospitalizations will stay low. As we were talking yesterday about re-entry anxiety. If there are New South Welsh people and ACTians and Victorians who are wanting to just make sensible precautions, what would they be? I wouldn't be having 10 people at home. 
I would be just careful. I'd be eating outside in cafes and restaurants if you could rather than inside. Just for the next two weeks, I would just be a bit careful and um, I'm not going back to the gym. All I'm hearing, Norman, is that you just don't want to go to the gym. Really? You just, that's just bringing up these excuses. I spent all this money on a fancy mat and weights for <laughs> home. I just, you know, why should I spend money on the gym? You know? Fair enough. Well, if you've got questions or comments about Norman's home gym setup or anything else coronavirus related, send us a message at abc.net.au slash coronacast. And I'll see you tomorrow with, no doubt, a very sore shoulder from the lousy weights that I've bought. <laughs> see you then. Listener.